So we're going to start in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel 21. I know that's right smack in the middle of things in the Old Testament, but that's just where I left off last time I was reading in the Old Testament. So to get you up to speed here, this is in the life of David. He is king of Israel. He killed Goliath decades ago, and he has had a lot of dysfunctional family drama in the last several years. And what has just happened here is he won a battle against the giants in the Philistine army. So he is about to sing a song of praise after winning this battle that looked hopeless against these giant people. And I love this song of his. I have lots of markings in here because apparently it's pretty cool. So that's where I'm picking up 2 Samuel 22, starting in verse 1. It's David's song of praise. David sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The waves of death overwhelmed me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reaches his ears. And I happen to have written in my margin... This is so stinking cool with an exclamation point referring to this next part. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the heavens shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dense rain clouds. A great brightness shone around him, and burning coals blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered his enemies, his lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then at the command of the Lord, at the blast of his breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me 
because of my innocence, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the wicked, you show yourself hostile. You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect, and the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? But our God is a, is a uh, who but our God is a solid rock. Excuse me. God is my strong fortress and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and destroyed them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I consumed them. I struck them down so they did not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks. I have destroyed all who hated me. They looked for help, but no one came to their rescue. <laughs> they even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. I ground them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trampled them in the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You preserved me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. Foreign nations cringe before me. As soon as they hear of me, they submit. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May God, the rock of my salvation, be exalted. Amen. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He brings down the nations under me and delivers me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. Yep. I still love that passage. So what is significant to me or what stands out to me about this is that God just busted out of the heavens, flying on the wings of some angelic being. Everything's shaking and going up in flames and arrows and thunder. And David saying, and here I am. You did all that just to rescue me. So that makes me think of that song called Reckless Love and another one called Rescue by Lauren Daigle. If I can attach them to the end of this, I will, but I will spare you my singing. So that's where we are in the Old Testament. We're going to skip over now 
to the New Testament. Here I am picking up in Luke chapter 19 verse 1 and so here Jesus is it's it's getting close to when he is going to be crucified but we're not quite there yet so Luke 19 verse 1 Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town there is a man there named Zacchaeus. Oh, this is Jesus bringing salvation to Zacchaeus's home is the title of this. Okay. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There's a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Poor little Zacchaeus. He's so short. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. So he climbs the tree so he can get a better look. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. He's thrilled. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Then Luke 19, verse 11, Jesus tells the parable of the king's 10 servants. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I'm gone. But his people hated him and sent the delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, which I guess they didn't get their wish, after he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of the money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with. Taking, <laughs> and apparently you didn't like him in the first place. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. 
You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they said, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied. And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine, who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. Well, that's harsh. Okay, so what stands out to me in this section of Luke, honestly, is the very last bit. Uh, Verse 26, it says, And to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have, will be taken away. So last night, I decided to do this podcast. It just came on my heart. I couldn't stop thinking about it. It kind of kept me awake past when I would have wanted to be sleeping. And maybe this is part of that command for me. I've been given the ability to do this. So I'm doing it. It's not like it's that much even. Anyway, I would love to hear from you what parts of this have stood out to you as significant because that's what happens in Bible studies, in my opinion. You share thoughts and you learn from each other. So if anybody ever listens to this thing, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm just doing it for me, but if it benefits someone else, that's great too. I think I'll say a quick little prayer. God, I pray that what I've read will resonate in my mind the rest of the evening and that it will sink into my subconsciousness and come out in my words, my actions, my thoughts, my interactions with other people. And I pray that if anybody else on the planet ever listens to this, that they get something out of this too. I love you. Thank you. Amen. In this NLT Chronological Life Application Study Bible, there's some text about these passages that I wanted to share, specifically about the section on Zacchaeus the tax collector. Uh, It gives a little context history here, which I think is uh, neat to know. To finance their great world empire, the Romans levied heavy taxes on all nations under their control. The Jews opposed these taxes because they supported a secular government and its pagan gods, but they were still forced to pay. Tax collectors were among the most unpopular people in Israel. Jews by birth, they chose to work for Rome and were considered traitors. Besides, 
It was common knowledge that tax collectors were making themselves rich by gouging their fellow Jews. No wonder the people muttered when Jesus went home with the tax collector Zacchaeus. But despite the fact that Zacchaeus was both a cheater and a turncoat, Jesus loved him. And in response, this tax collector was converted. In every society, certain groups of people are considered untouchable because of their political views, their immoral behavior, or their lifestyle. We should not give in to social pressure to avoid these people. Jesus loves them, and they need to hear his good news. Judging from the crowd's reaction to him, Zacchaeus must have been a very crooked tax collector. After he met Jesus, however, he realized that his life needed straightening out by giving to the poor and making restitution with generous interest to those he had cheated. Zacchaeus demonstrated interchange by outward action. Following Jesus in your head or heart alone is not enough. You must show your faith by changed behavior. Has your faith resulted in action? What changes do you need to make? This reminds me of one of my favorite phrases or mottos, which is live like you believe. So often our beliefs don't match up with our behavior. Like I believe in eating healthy and yet I had way more chocolate than I needed to eat today. I believe that reading scripture is important, but I'm not very good at doing it regularly. Hence this podcast. So my actions aren't matching up with my beliefs. Um, and Zacchaeus made his actions match his beliefs. I think that's important. 